The following episode of the Bruin Family Insights podcast is brought to you by Westcom Credit Union. Serving Southern California for over 85 years, Westcom Credit Union is dedicated to helping Bruins and their families build better lives. Learn more at ucla.westcom.org. Welcome to Bruin Family Insights, where we equip Bruin families with knowledge to help you get to know UCLA better and encourage your student to thrive during their time at UCLA and beyond. I'm your host, Kayla Albano, and April is National Financial Literacy Month, so this episode is all about financial wellness. In this conversation, we will explore resources and programs offered to students at UCLA, discuss tips and tricks for building sound financial practices, and learn how building financial skills in college can set students up for long-term success. Here to chat with me are Sarah Potter Gittleson, Director of the UCLA Financial Wellness Program, Carl Gerstenacker, Financial Advisor with Westcom Financial Services, and David D.J. Jabzenski, Director of Investment Services for Westcom. Well, Sarah, Carl, and D.J., thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. I'm really glad to have you all. Awesome. Thank you. Great to to be here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, of course. Well, before we dive into all of the great details that I know you have to share today for our families, I do want to ask our Bruin trivia question for this episode. And it is, what percentage of incoming undergraduate Bruins indicate that they would like to learn more about managing finances? Uh, So to our listeners, sit with that for our episode, and then we will give you the answer at the end of our conversation today. Uh, With that said, though, let's just dive right in. Sarah, I want to start with you. Uh, As we've mentioned, you are the director of our financial wellness program. So can you just share a little bit about what the program is and the work that your team does? Yeah, Kayla, I'm so excited to be here today to share a little bit about what financial wellness does here at UCLA um, and hopefully, you know, help some incoming uh, students or continuing students know what resources to reach out to if they need help. So our program really exists because students at UCLA in 2013-14 went to administrators and said, we really want a program on campus that helps us understand the life skills around money how to open a credit card, how to take out student loans, how do I buy a home one day if that's a goal that I have and how can I start preparing now? And so administrators listened, they got a working group together and in 2015 I was hired to help develop this program. Um, And so over the past seven years, the program has really, really grown We've seen students become really hungry for this information. They want to have these conversations. And so our program now offers three main resources to all students. So this is both undergraduate and graduate students. So the first resource we offer would be our one-on-one coaching sessions. Any student can go to our website, which is financialwellness.ucla.edu, and they can request an appointment that works with their schedule with a coach. So we have a team of anywhere from five to 10 undergraduate peer coaches that are all trained in this content. They can sit with students, create a budget. They can talk about credit scores. They can talk about 
investing education. So what is a stock? How do you begin investing? Um, we provide a lot of that educational content around all things money. And then our second resource that we offer would be our workshops. So workshops are delivered to departments, student orgs, groups, all by request. So if your student is a member of a club, organization, academic department, and they think that having us come in and do a virtual workshop um, or in-person workshop for orientations, et cetera, would be beneficial, they can request from a menu of different options on our website. And so our most popular would probably be Bruins on a Budget, understanding your finances, what does wellness have to do with it? So unpacking money and stress and how that can impact our health and well-being. And then for our graduate students, especially Investing 101, Introduction to Investing is huge, very huge. They want to know about retirement accounts and what they all mean and how to get started. And then our third resource, which is sponsored by um, our awesome partners over at Westcom is our online education module. Um, so there is actually two of them. So there's one for all incoming undergraduates that they have to take. It's a mandated online course. And that course goes over money basics. What is a savings account? What is a checking account? What are the different types of student loans? And then we have a second course that is optional for advanced, continuing, graduate, professional school students. And that one dives into what is a 401k? How do I talk about financial caregiving maybe for aging parents? Um, and that is all accessible on our website and anyone can log in and take those uh, courses. So many great resources. And I will actually be putting all of the links that are mentioned in our conversation uh, in the show notes. So for those of you listening who are like, I can't write this down fast enough, we will make sure that you have all of the information you need. But Sarah, that is quite the breadth of programming. And I love that you mentioned not only all of the resources that are available, but that there are job opportunities for students through your office. Um, they can support the program and be a part of leading the program, which is really great too. So uh, thank you for sharing all of that. And for some of you, if Bruins on a Budget sounds really familiar, you may have heard that session at Bruin Family Weekend 2021. So uh, there are a lot of ways that you and your student can learn more. Um, and I know, Sarah, one of the things you mentioned is our great uh, sponsorship and partnership with Westcom. Uh, so I do want to throw it to you, DJ and Carl, to uh, talk a little bit about that. I mean, Westcom is a longtime partner of UCLA. Uh, for those who listen closely every week, you hear that they are a sponsor of this very podcast. So it's really cool to be able to um, give some voice to that this month as well. So without further ado, after all of that, what are some of the exclusive resources that Westcom offers to Bruins and their families. Hi, Kayla. Thanks for the, uh, the introduction there. And again, we appreciate the partnership both with the Financial Wellness and with UCLA. Uh, thank you so much for having us today on this podcast. So, you know, what's interesting about Westcom is building better lives is really at the core of who we are and what we do. Um, as you know, we do have an on-site, on-campus UCLA credit union, and of course, we're one of the official banking partners for UCLA. So we are absolutely here to help foster healthy financial future, help with financial literacy, I mean, truly making a difference in the UCLA community. And since this partnership started in 2015, 
Um, and Sarah mentioned this, we've done a lot of financial education workshops and seminars. We also have a paid internship program at, at Westcom Credit Union. So for those undergraduates every summer that are looking for an opportunity to work and also to learn about finances and uh, financial wellness, great opportunity. So we do have a couple of uh, great resources that are exclusive to UCLA, and I'll touch on a few of those. And I know uh, Carl, my colleague, is going to touch on a few of these too. Uh, the first thing that comes to mind, and you may have mentioned this in the very beginning, is we've set up a specific web page for UCLA, and it's ucla.westcom.org. So this is a great place to start. It basically is a wealth of resources for financial literacy, and it's focused on both students, alumni, faculty, staff, and their families. So a lot of resources available for individuals right at that location. Another exclusive resource, and I just mentioned this, is we do have a branch on campus. Uh, this branch is staffed by what we call member service representatives. And of course, they're here to really help uh, Bruins benefit specifically for potentially unique loan opportunities, financial education and resources. And the great thing is they're located on the first floor of Ackerman Student Union. So great place to grab some food and walk over and say hello to the branch. Uh, some cool resources we have at the branch, of course, we have the walk-up ATM. And what everyone loves is our on-site coin machine. So uh, we absolutely have that. So very excited to have that. Our branches are open uh, Monday through Friday. And of course, we're there from 10 o'clock till 5 in the afternoon. Now, some of the other exclusive things that we offer specifically for Bruins is we do have financial specialists that are here to assist, whether that's home buying, insurance services, or investment services. So I'm joined today with Carl Gershenacker, and Carl is a UCLA, UCLA alumni, but also the financial advisor uh, covering our UCLA office. So uh, I'll go ahead and turn over uh, some time to Carl. And before Carl gets started, I just need everybody listening to know that when it was mentioned that he is an alumnus, he got real excited. There was lots of <laughs> cheering going on on his end. So very excited Bruin at that. <laughs> yes, I wish I could somehow, you know, show uh, my excitement through my, well, I will, I'll try to show it through my voice instead of, uh, you know, visually. I believe in you. You can do it. <laughs> I can do it. Thanks so much for, for having us. Uh, we're really excited to be here. Like DJ mentioned, we do have... Um, a number of resources available to, to the Westcom community. As a, as a former uh, you know, UCLA student there, I think it's, it's such an important thing to have that branch that DJ was telling us about on campus for, um, you know, for access to, to the UCLA community when it comes to, to different you know, life and financial decisions that come with, you know, come over the years, right? So things like buying a car, you know, buying a house, investing in general, that's, that's something that that at Westcom we can help with. I specialize in helping our members and the UCLA community with anything investment and financial planning related, right? So I, I think we at Westcom are, are big proponents of the education aspect of, um, of financial services, right? So just right. informing everybody of how uh, different investment types work, how uh, building strong principles when it comes to, uh, you know, kind of building your nest egg over time is very important that way you know, over time, you kind of learn um, how these things can grow for you down the road. So again, we're very excited to be here uh, and uh, can't wait for, uh, for the conversation. Yeah. And I think even just listening to all of you share about the resources that are available to our students, I think back to when I was in college and the things that I just didn't know or wasn't thinking about that now that I am 
quite a bit out of college. I'm, I'm starting to think about them, right? And, and wishing that I had that jump start. So uh, right. I think it's really great that all of this is available. And just before we you know, go into some other, other topics, want to give a moment. Are there any other financial resources that we haven't mentioned yet that we want to give a plug to before we start really digging into some of the, I think, theory and why behind uh, student financial wellness? Any other resources? I definitely have a few along with our awesome resources from Westcom and financial wellness. Our campus also has a student loan services office that can help students figure out why their student loan may not be dispersing. They host entrance counseling to our student loans. And so that's really the office students would want to go to for those specific questions. We also have a collections office on campus. Um, we're working on the name. We know that the title collections can be a little <laughs> off-putting. This is really the office that students would go to um, if they have any debt with the university and they need to maybe negotiate a payment plan um, and figure out how to repay any sort of debt. So that could be from the library or maybe the Ash Center, et cetera. We also have our awesome colleagues over in financial aid that are willing to meet with students to discuss different aid packages available to them, to talk with parents about plus loans that might be offered to them. And then I also want to give our friends over at the Scholarship Resource Center a shout out. Um, that is a great hub of resources uh, related to applying for different types of scholarships, maybe based on field of study merit, identity, they have all these different scholarships categorized um, by month that they're due. And so I really, really recommend that students check that out. It's always nice to save a few bucks on tuition if you can. And then last but not least, certainly not least, if you're, if you're, you know, child at UCLA ever shares that they have a friend that's in any sort of financial crisis or really stressed about finances, um, we do have an economic crisis response team on campus that students can outreach to to figure out what resources might be available to help them navigate really stressful financial situations. Um, and our friends over at Basic Needs also have a lot of food security resources and um, interns that can help students even file for CalFresh um, if that's something that ever comes up. So keep your ears open if, if your students ever express um, any sort of kind of financial strain situations with friends, that's a, that's a great resource as well. So many. And again, I will list all of those. Y'all will make sure you have those links as well. But I'm hearing a lot of wraparound care for our students between what's available through those UCLA programs, everything that our Westcom team offers. Um, there's a lot of great resources for any point that students may find themselves in. And I think one of the things I will really emphasize to our families listening, though, is these resources are available to your student and there is a lot of outreach that happens to students. But as with most things in college, your student really needs to be the one to go to these resources and say, hey, I need this help or I have these questions. Um, we do our best to get it out there, but there's so much information that our students are receiving every day. Um, that if they really if they really find a resource that sounds valuable to them, I know I encourage and our team encourages them to go directly to the source and don't be shy about making that ask for help or guidance. 
Let's get into some of the theory, the, I guess, weeds of student financial wellness and and helping our families kind of frame what this looks like uh, for maybe themselves even, but really for their students. And I kind of want to start around misconceptions because I think just like I said, you know, our students need to go to the resource and sometimes they feel like it's not there for them because it's not being to put directly in front of them, right? But they need to go to these resources often. So kind of going along that line and misconceptions and things that our students or our families maybe need to understand, uh, what would you say are really the biggest misconceptions that students have regarding finances and or the most common mistakes that they make when it comes to their finances? Kayla, I'll I'll jump right in and, and share that in working with students over the years around financial health, I would say the biggest misconception students have are student loans are horrible and bad, and I want to completely stay away from them, and that budgets are restrictive and controlling, right? (laughs) Right. But the two are so interrelated, and creating a budget can really be empowering because it helps all of us understand where is our money going? right? And help us create a plan for our future. I like to say budgets are a way to let us go outside and play in the front yard, but they put a nice fence around the front yard. So we're not running out into the street and getting hurt. And so they can, they can be really powerful. And if a student sits down and budgets out their living expenses, that can alternatively mean maybe they don't have to borrow as much in student loans. Right. And so knowing what you're working with helps you create really informed decisions. And so having these conversations with your students can be a really powerful way to start. And also encouraging students to know if you have to tap into a student loan, that's okay because borrowing money and paying it back is a great way to increase your credit score. So if you borrow student loans, we want you to borrow really um, pragmatically and, and, and figure out exactly what you need. They don't have to be this huge, scary thing, right? They can, they can help you as you move along in the future and help you get a great investment on your education. Yeah, to, uh, I guess, Kayla, as well, um, one thing that I can think of, and I'm thinking back years ago when I was a student there <laughs> right, at UCLA, right. right? So I had, I think, a misconception that a high income out of college was what made somebody wealthy, mm. right? And so I think a, that is a good thing to have, obviously, maybe one of the components to to maybe start building your nest egg over time. But it's not the only uh, tool somebody has, right? And so the, the, the big thing I think I've, I've found is that um, having folks and, and students in the community understand that I think cash flow is, is important, right? The amount of income is irrelevant if your expenses are the same as the income that you're bringing in, right? And so I think understanding kind of what Sarah was touching on, a, a budget helps with that, right? With understanding that, hey, the income that I have coming in is, is great, but I also have to understand my expenses going out. That way yes. I can take the difference and invest it and grow it over time. Kayla, uh, this is DJ. I'll add something to the conversation. It's, it's both uh, Sarah and Carl, great uh, ideas there and, and absolutely great misconceptions that we all have. And I recall when, 
when I was back in college, one of the things I kept thinking about is, and similar to what Carl was saying, you know, I need to have a, a job that pays me a lot of income to start saving and investing. And so whether it's just an emergency fund or starting off with just opening that savings account, uh, I think that's a big misconception. Uh, just thinking of, of Westcom where we're at, you can start with little as a dollar, right? So even if it's just receiving some sort of part-time income or something, it's very easy to begin to start moving funds into a small savings account and saying, you know what, at some point I want to begin that that road to investing. So um, I think that's a big misconception. But again, I think with all the resources we mentioned uh, earlier in this podcast, I think it's a great place to start to, uh, to again, debunk those misconceptions and say, you know what, I'm going to absolutely start this process, even if it's just a few dollars a week and the power of compounding takes over. And then in six months to a year, it's, uh, it's amazing what, the, what you can accomplish just by starting that. I think about, again, all of the resources that have been mentioned and how much help there is to do that. Again, I know I shared my embarrassing, like, I didn't start thinking about this until I was older, but it's true. And once we did get somebody to help us with what's next, what do we do? How can we be smart and in investing and saving and all of those things? It also helped me realize that I don't have to do it on my own. And so I think a lot of what you are sharing and the resources that have been offered, uh, that's a really big piece of it is that our students don't have to do it on their own or figure it out on their own. You all are really providing the resources to help them do that. And I think that's a great segue into our next question, um, which is really around first steps and what's next. So we talked about misconceptions, things that students maybe aren't thinking about or that are keeping them from starting this journey of financial wellness and financial literacy, uh, what would be a first step, the most important first step that you would suggest uh, that students can take now to secure their financial future? So if, if we're starting from, from nothing um, and, and no really understanding of what this journey looks like, what, what's the first step that we take to get there? Yeah, Kayla, I think something that sticks with all of us lifelong and really is something that can impact our financial health as we move throughout life is our credit score. And so if a student can start early in educating themselves about how to build their credit, start building their credit while they're a student in school, by the time they graduate college, they may not need a co-signer on an apartment or they may not need a co-signer on a car, right? And so it's learning how to approach credit, credit cards, student loans in a way that feels very healthy and sustainable, um, whether it's taking out a student credit card as a first year, um, whether it's maybe having a, a credit card with their parents where they're an authorized user. So figuring out how to start building your student's credit, credit score because it sticks with us our whole life. It impacts the ability to get home loans, car loans, you name it. Um, and so starting now is really, really important. Yeah, I, I think I think learning the, the principles behind building your nest egg, I think is very important. I think a lot of folks kind of get um, this, this whole industry, financial services, investing, it could be a little bit intimidating sometimes, right? There's terms that folks don't understand and mm -hmm. it's not, it's not something they do every day. Right. I think, I think trying to simplify it 
you know, sitting with somebody that if you're ever going to sit with, with a, a financial wellness coach or a financial advisor or anything like that, don't be afraid to ask questions. We all, I mean, it's brave enough that somebody decides to go and actually take that first step. I think that's important. Uh, but I think just the, the principles behind uh, building your nest egg, right? So just having funds that are there in the bank for an emergency, right? Understanding how different types of debt work, how a student loan works versus like a mortgage or a credit card. I think that's important. And I think once, once, because the more you see this, the more you hear it, the more confident you start to feel about understanding it. And then the more likely you are to, to take action and start actually putting some money away and, and growing it for down the road. And Kayla, something I'll add to the conversation too is, you know, what is that first step? I would also say that taking a look at maybe that part-time position or was mentioned earlier in our podcast is an internship. I think it's a, it's a great way to just understand the basics of money, uh, to also understand, you know, completing some of the, the, the paperwork for becoming a new hire or a internship with an organization. I mentioned earlier that Westcom, we do have uh, paid internships that we do every single summer. And so for finding out more information, it's just attending one of the UCLA job fairs. Uh, but what's great, it's a 12-week program. And we basically try to partner you with certain parts of the organization where you have an interest, whether that's human resources, that could be in technology, it could be in marketing, or it could be uh, financial services, which Carl and I work within that division. So I think that's a great first step to uh, that whole process for your uh, financial future. And it sounds like double the benefit, right? Like you're getting some experience in maybe your field that you're interested in, but you're doing it with Westcom where you will also learn those financial literacy components. So it's get some experience for yourself, but also get some knowledge on, on this, this area of your life, which I think is awesome. Yeah. And then same thing, Sarah, and I'm assuming this was probably what happens is students go through your programs and learn all these great things. And they're like, I want to help teach this to others. And so then they're getting the opportunity to do that um, as a peer educator. So I'm loving this, this cycle that I'm seeing too. And these opportunities that you have, it, it gets that first step checked off, but it also gets some really great life experience, um, even in, in professional development as well. So thank you for, thank you for sharing those. I think that's awesome. And I want to get a little more specific if we can. So it is April commencement is right around the corner, um, coming up in June. Is there anything that our graduating Bruins specifically should be thinking about right now, in addition to those steps that you just shared. So Sarah, I know you'd mentioned for graduate students investing and things like that, it tends to be more what they're interested in. But if you were forecasting for our graduating Bruins, uh, what are what are some other things to have on their radar? So we're actually meeting with a lot of graduating seniors this quarter. And a lot of the questions we're getting is, uh, they surround, how do I budget for moving out moving to a new city, and is what my new job offering me enough to cover everything? How do I figure that out? And so it's really thinking about how much will my utilities be? If I have roommates, are we dividing that? How much will my rent be? Um, will I have a car, car insurance, car payment, food, right? How do, how do I budget all these expenses for the future? And if I am lucky enough to be one of the graduating seniors who gets a job offer right away. How do I take what I know I need to make and make sure that I'm advocating and negotiating a salary with the employer who's offering that to me? 
and to let students know you can negotiate and it's okay to ask for more if you're needing more, right? And sometimes having a budget and knowing what you need can help with that advocacy piece. And also going through maybe any employee benefits that are offered to you. So if your employer is going to offer you a 401k and they're going to match a certain percentage, start it. That little bit extra taken out of your paycheck will help you also get free money from your employer for when you're set to retire and you maybe are no longer working and and need that money then. So I would say that's really huge is thinking about your new lifestyle, how much it's going to cost and how to negotiate that. And also to know if you're moving back in with family or parents to save some cash, that's actually really smart. There's no shame around it. And that could also be a great step for your financial health. So that's okay as well. But parents listening, that is not a license to go tell your students <laughs> you're moving back in with me. That's your number one choice. Uh, but I totally agree, Sarah, right? That that can be an, a great option. And to our families listening, there's definitely a dynamic shift there. If your graduating student is moving back in with you. So for you all thinking about how you're being supportive while recognizing that this is your adult child that is still making their own life choices. So I, I love that. Uh, DJ and Carl, what, what else would you say? Yeah. I mean, I think um, thinking back many years when I was 22 and graduating, you know, every, on, on most of the graduates minds is, is a career, right? So, Hey, what mm-hmm. am I going to do for work? How am I going to start generating income? And at that time, you know, we may not know the effects of what Sarah was saying in terms of putting money away in a 401k, right? For example, in a retirement account, it seems kind of almost like irrelevant because it's money that, Hey, I'm not going to be able to use now. It's, it's money that you know, I'm not going to use for many years. Why start now? I need money for now. Right. However, time is 1000% on your side when it comes to building your nest egg. Right. Yeah. And so I think, um, I think the idea of automating investing is a key thing that is not talked about enough. I think when you're younger, because our natural impulse is to spend, it's mm-hmm. just more fun right? It's just more fun to spend than to save. So an, an effective way to ensure that you do save and that you do, um, you know, put money away is to automate it, right? Is to make it just like you would when you start a 401k at a job, right? Every two weeks when you get paid, you're putting out a slice of, of your earnings into this 401k. If you get a match, that is awesome, right? That's free money that you're earning and you let it do its thing over the years, right? And I think that's, and it doesn't just have to happen within a retirement account through your job that could happen, you know, through other investment types in terms of like index funds or other, other type of investments that you can just automatically put money away every month. And you'll, I think it's such an effective way that over time you'll start to see it build and it'll be worth it over time. Something I'll add to the conversation uh, and uh, both Carl and Sarah touched on it is as you're looking for that new position, that new opportunity, that first uh, potential career out of college is to understand the benefits, right? And as you're in that interview or having that second final interview is to ask the question back, uh, tell me about your organization's, you know, culture and about your, you know, focus and tell me a little bit about the benefits, the retirement. Is there a pension here? Is there a match? So I think these are all important, especially I know many of the, uh, the undergrads are saying, maybe I should go to graduate school. And so it's also important to know, and there's many organizations out there that do this, and Westcom's one of them. As an employee, there's opportunities to have your uh, graduate degree 
um, sponsored or at least uh, partially underwritten or yes. some sort of match. So very important because again, I, I think um, all the undergraduates and I was the same way is you want to continue to learn and continue to grow. And so if you're looking at going on to a graduate or even a doctorate, it's opportunities out there and there's organizations that will support you as you pursue that. Yes. And I kind of a quick question for you all. That's it, it wasn't on our script. So I'm throwing us a little bit of a curveball, but <laughs> curveball. as students are thinking about all of these things, how does a financial advisor or counselor play into that decision-making process? So I don't know if DJ, um, if you want to kind of following up on some of the things that you talked about, as far as how students can get plugged into Westcom, um, how, how do you, like how how would how would that conversation go? Um, or even Carl, I know this is like your your wheelhouse too. So how how would that conversation go if a student's like, I don't know, you know, I don't know where to start, or I want to invest in things, but I don't know what that looks like for me. Um, is it really just kind of a conversation? And where are you? Let's take let's take stock of what your current situation is, and we will kind of give you some options on what you can do with that. How does that work? Every conversation with uh, with somebody will be a little bit different, right? In general, mm-hmm. like for for students, it could be somewhat similar, but I think it's going to depend on uh, their their situation, right? So it, it's really a conversation. I try. I mean, I think me along with my colleagues at at Westcom and in the financial services division, we try to simplify it as much as we can. Learn about uh, who we're talking to, their objectives, their goal, kind of where they are in life with their finances. And then just kind of kind of take it from there. I'm a big proponent, like I mentioned earlier, of educating folks on how these investment types work, right? Mm-hmm. The common investments that oftentimes graduates are going to see when they start at an employer, right? Oftentimes, somebody's first experience with investing is through their retirement plan at work. And a lot of times folks don't know that that's their first experience with, a, with investing, right? right. Uh, and so kind of um, taking that approach and understanding their situation, their goals, and informing them of how investments can help them get there is, is kind of what we do. It's great. And it's an ongoing conversation, right? It's not one and done and you never talk again. It's every season of life, every change that you are experiencing, that's like an ongoing relationship and ongoing conversation. It all kind of depends on uh, on the objectives too, right? So mm-hmm. it could be starting off and then, you know, hey, I'm looking to buy my, my first home. How, how do I do that, right? How do I save more effectively so I can build a, a, a you know, down payment amount that I'm going to use in five years, right? How, yeah. how do I do that? How do I build for retirement, which is like 30 years away, right? So right. that those conversations can be, can be ongoing and, and, and they're different at different stages of life. Right. Kayla, just something to add to that, uh, Carl briefly touched on is the education. You know, there's a lot of different resources we have through just simple calculators that someone could do on their own to attending one of our educational events. We do 10 different educational events uh, every single month, different topic, different theme from estate planning to even at a young age, thinking about social security. So how many credits and years do I need to, to work to actually potentially have a social security check when I'm uh, retiring. So I think that's really important, such as basics of IRAs and 401ks and college education, all of this. So uh, absolutely, I think just getting started is the first step. And again, just touching base with our branch right on campus is a great start. And one of our member service representatives will kind of make that first decision of, okay, here's the path that we need to put you on and then bring the experts in around you to take care of you. Got it. Thank you. 
We've talked a little bit about how families really play into some of these decisions and these conversations and these educational components, but are there any really explicit or practical ways that you would recommend families can support their student in this area of developing sound financial practices? And if so, what would those be? Kayla, this kind of ties in with the question you just asked and even the next one we have here on our Perfect. list. Perfect. Students want to have these conversations. And so I would encourage parents and families to engage in these conversations when a student is home on spring break or winter break over the weekend. Talk about how you manage money in your home and what that looks like, what you're proud of, what you appreciate about your financial planning, and even share some of the things you wish you did differently and some of the mistakes to really take away that shame that comes with talking about money sometimes, right? And so to have those transparent conversations and and really engage them in in this app. Money used to be something that was a very taboo to talk about at the dinner table. And I think now that culture is very much shifting and changing and students are hungry for it. And so having those conversations while they're at home can be really, really powerful for their future. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. I agree as well. I think, um, I think something that families could also do is uh, get a little bit more informed themselves. Right. And, and, you know, listening to, to podcasts, right. Uh, <laughs> or, or, or reading a couple of some really good books out there that have been around for a long time that simplify the ideas behind, you know, investing and, and getting financially comfortable over time. But I think that's, that's definitely key and, and continuing to stay informed. So that way you can, you know, pass that information to your student as, as they get older as well. Yeah, Carl, you mentioned different books. And, and the one that comes to mind that uh, I recall reading is The Millionaire Next Door, right? And I think that was a great book um, by Thomas Stanley. And it just talks about kind of living below your means. And, you know, again, you don't have to be that individual that is driving the nicest vehicle yeah. that's out there. But it's all about having that comfort and security of saving and investing and I keep thinking of Warren Buffett is probably one of those individuals, right? Who still drives one of his original cars and has original home. And, you know, again, um, I think that's very important is, and Carl, you said it too. And Sarah is to make sure you pay yourself. And that is investing in yourself when you start your position, whether that is monetarily or even, you know, pursuing additional education too. I think that's important. Absolutely. And I, you know, Carl mentioned listening to a podcast, y'all are checking off, you know, one thing on the list just by listening to this conversation. But uh, I love the the thought of opening up these conversations, uh, because as an adult, I'm having these conversations with my parents now that they're getting older and how we're going to navigate our relationship um, as they, you know, enter this next part of their life. And I'm realizing how beneficial it would have been to be having these conversations even younger so that I was preparing for myself. We were preparing for our family's legacy, all of those things. So I think the conversation, absolutely. And the education piece, the thing that I would say to our families listening to is the things that you are hearing. Yes, some of these resources are specific to your student, but you are also a part of the Bruin community. So a lot of these resources are available to you as a student of financial literacy as well. Um, so please, as you're listening, know that this is not just for your student. This is also for you all as well. 
with that said, I want to start bringing us home uh, with a couple of questions to close our time. And one is really practical. One is a little personal for you all. So we'll, we'll start with the closing, our practical piece, and just want to give you the opportunity to uh, share your key takeaway that you hope families will have uh, after listening to our conversation. So why don't we start with you, Sarah, and then we'll go Carl and DJ, you can bring us home on your takeaways. I think the biggest takeaway is to have the conversation, to, to start making it a part of the, the everyday lifestyle and, and talk about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would say uh, the key takeaway here is, um, I think a little more specific, I think automated. I, mm. I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of automating, um, putting money away, right? Yeah. I, think, I, think it's a, I think it's effective and it's a way uh, for all of us, not just students, but for everybody to, to build their nest egg, uh, to get informed about, you know, how different investments work and how automatically putting money away into those investments every month can help, uh, help you get financially comfortable. Ella, something I'm going to share on, uh, Carl was speaking about uh, automate investing. I think that's a great idea. Something to think about on the other side is I know taking a look at a budget and making sure you're tracking your subscription services. I know we all have them today, right? Yes. Amazon, DoorDash. So what's interesting is every once in a while, I will go through and take a look at what does that look like for our household? And to make sure, because again, those all add up and it's important to make sure to pay yourself first before uh, using other services and using those uh, subscription services. That's a great one. And you don't always know when prices are changing on those. And so you, you got to keep your eye on that too. So I think taking stock of what you're actually using and how much you're charged, being charged for it and all of those things, that's, that's great advice. Um, thank you all. Those were really great. I think really great tidbits from what we have talked about for um, the last, you know, 30 minutes or so. So now I want to I want to turn inward a little bit. So we on every single episode of our podcast ask all of our guests to answer the same question to close our time together and that is the question what does family mean to you? So again, we'll just we'll just go around like we just did with the key takeaways and if you could just briefly share uh, your answer to that question. Kayla, I have to admit this question stumped me the most out of all <laughs> So I, I actually, I asked my husband last night, what does family mean to you? And he mm. said, unconditional love and support. And so I want to echo his words and also add in good food. Good food. Amen. <laughs> I like that. I think I might steal that one. Yeah. This question, Kayla, also kind of stumped me a little bit. Pretty much. I would say it, it's a combination of of love, support, comfort, and also brutal honesty. Ooh, um, yes. I'm, a, I'm a fan of that. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I would say, I would say those are, those are definitely key components for, for family. Okay. DJ, no pressure. You're yeah, I know <laughs> I'll, I'll, both did a great job answering that. I, I would say, you know, especially thinking of all the UCLA um, uh, college grads and, and, you know, as they go out into the world, I keep thinking, you know, what does family mean to me and, and how does it kind of also resonate with UCLA? I, I think it's families there to support your aspirations and they're also there to help you when you make mistakes, right? Yeah. So, you know, I think leaving room for mistakes is, is okay, but family's going to be there, right? As everyone said, unconditional love and support, non-judgmental, a sense of belonging. But again, family's so important 
because it's a sense of community too. So, and it's a place to go and you're always accepted. I love it. I think those were all great answers. You said you were stumped, but I, I really loved all of those. So uh, thank you for that and, and just for your time. But before we go, before we say our goodbyes, I've not forgotten that we had our trivia question at the beginning of the episode. Uh, and our question was, what percentage of incoming undergraduate Bruins indicate that they would like to learn more about managing finances? And our answer is... of incoming undergraduate Bruins indicate that they would like to learn more about money, managing finances, all of those uh, key components to financial literacy. And of those students, 64% say they have never met with someone. So a financial aid counselor, an advisor, a banker to discuss their financial goals. So to our families listening, I hope that that inspires you. I hope that the conversation we've had today really encourages and inspires you in supporting your student and and the fact that they're going to be okay. They have the resources available to them. And um, as long as they really take that first step in getting educated and and taking advantages of those resources, um, they'll be on a good path. So with that, I just want to thank you all, Sarah, Carl, DJ, for your time, um, for your partnership and for the resources that you offer to our families. And it was so great to You've been listening to Bruin Family Insights, brought to you by the UCLA Parent and Family Association. We'd like to give a special thanks to our sponsor, Westcom Credit Union. Our guests today were Sarah Potter Gittleson, Director of the UCLA Financial Wellness Program, Carl Gerstenacker, Financial Advisor with Westcom Financial Services, and David DJ Jivzenski, Director of Investment Services for Westcom. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe, tell a friend, or share your support on social media. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you soon.